Father, we are grateful for your work. We are grateful for how you bless and lead and guide us. We are grateful for your scripture, for, for the word of God given to us. Lord, we pray that today you help us to hear your word clearly and help us even as we receive your word to turn around and to praise you and to bring you all that we have because you have given us everything we need. Father, we pray all this in your name. Amen. So we're in a series on the Gospel of Luke, chapters 1 and 2. This is, I think, our third week in this series. And I'm going to review just a little bit where we've been before we jump into the text for today. Luke opens with a little bit of a prologue. This is why he writes. And then he, he focuses on the story of Zechariah the priest and his wife Elizabeth, who are, who are old, who are beyond the age of having children. And yet the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah in the temple and, and brings him this wonderful news that they will have a son. And this son, who they will call John, he'll be known as John the Baptist, he will, he will bring the people back to the Lord, and he will go before the Lord himself and draw the people closer. And then the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, to a, to a young woman out in an obscure town, and he tells her that, that she will bear the Son of God, that this baby who she will miraculously have will, will in fact be the Lord who comes and draws near to his people. So there is this story of the baby promised to Zechariah and Elizabeth, and then the baby promised to Mary. And now we come to Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56, and those two stories come together as Elizabeth and Mary meet. So let's now hear the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 1. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. This is the word of the Lord. So we're going to start this morning by talking about hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. And you probably have seen this if you're on social media. It's been around long enough that it's, it's almost become a cliche. And there are certainly ways that this can be used that are, that are not so great. There's a bit of a joke in pastoral circles that there are some people who get on social media and they go to a trendy coffee shop and they very carefully arrange their nice calfskin journal and they open up their trendy laptop to the latest app and they, they carefully arrange a couple books so it looks like they've been reading the spiritual classics and then they wait for just the right moment and they take the perfect picture 
and they put up just preparing to preach God's word, blessed. And it actually can come off as, as kind of counterfeit and kind of a humble brag. Look at, look at how great my life is and how much I serve the Lord. There's a danger there with this hashtag, but, but often we see it in circumstances that are actually really genuine and really quite good. Blessed because I finally get to have coffee with my best friend in this really busy season where we haven't seen each other for weeks. Blessed because we finally have the get-together. The kids are, are finally back in town after a long, long time apart. Blessed because I finally, finally get the good news that I've been waiting for with my work or with my health for so long. Blessed because this, this almost miraculous thing has happened. Blessed that after almost a year of being stuck in Honduras, Tim is back. Blessed. And all of these are good things, but, but Luke wants to invite us to see even a deeper meaning for hashtag blessed. Elizabeth is blessed in her old age. She who, who was way too old to have a child, now she is pregnant, and, and she has a baby coming, and it is a wonder and even a miracle of God's power. And then she is blessed when her relative Mary comes, and, and Mary comes, and, and John leaps in the womb, and Elizabeth, through the Holy Spirit, knows that this is not just a random baby kicking sort of thing, but this is, this is John the Baptist leaping for joy because the Lord is coming. And Elizabeth is blessed to see all that, and she looks at Mary, and she says, blessed are you, blessed, blessed, blessed are you. And then Elizabeth's little talk there gives a couple ways that Mary is blessed. First, Mary is blessed because, because God is doing something amazing in her. This baby that she carries, it is the Lord himself. And so she is blessed in a unique way. But then along with that, Mary is blessed because, because she has agreed to the Lord's plan. Because when Gabriel came to her, she, she didn't push back. She didn't say, no way. She said, well, well, yes. I mean, how will this work? But yes. Mary is blessed by God working in her, and she is blessed by being able to step into God's work. And of course, God, God is the primary actor here, and he is the one who does the great things. But Mary is blessed to have a part to play. And all those, all those other blessings that we talked about are important, but the really great blessing in our lives is, is to see God at work redemptively, to see God at work through Jesus Christ bringing us back to himself and building on that for us to step into that work of redemption. That is the most important hashtag blessed that we can experience, to receive God's work and to step into God's work. Now, I want to invite you this week to really step into the reality of being blessed by the Lord. There is this, there is this reality of how our minds work that researchers have, have called priming, that if you expect to see something, if you are primed to see something, you will see more and more of it. And, and one particular bit of work that I read on it recently said, for example, if you're looking for green Honda Civics, you will suddenly be amazed how many green cars you see, how many Honda Civics you see, and how many green Honda Civics you actually see. And notice the mind room I just put in all of your minds that all of us are going to be looking for green Honda Civics today. May you be blessed with seeing many. Or not, who cares? But the reality of priming is that we do see more and more of what we look for. And so I want to invite you this week to, 
to go out into the week with hashtag blessed on your mind. And to be thinking, yes, look at how God blesses you just through creation, through, through the gift of good food and good friends and family and all these baseline, just natural things. Look at that. But go deeper than that. Go deeper than that and see how God has blessed you redemptively. See how God has blessed you and is blessing you with his salvation. See how you can see in your life that things are different because Jesus has come. And then see how you have been invited into that into that dance, into that celebration, into that work. This week, go deeper and don't just see the surface level of blessing that all of us do enjoy, but see how the Lord is at work in us to bring us closer and closer to Him. And the natural response, the natural overflow when we have been primed to see blessing and we experience it is to, is to glorify the Lord. And that's the next step we see in this passage. Mary recognizes that she is blessed and then she glorifies God. Elizabeth says to her, you are blessed. And Mary responds with, glorify the Lord. My soul glorifies the Lord. All will call me blessed because God has done great things. Mary's blessing overflows into glorifying the Lord. And that is how this is supposed to work. The blessings of the Lord lead us to glorify Him. And as we gather here a week from Christmas... As we gather here and read the gospel, as we gather here and reflect on God's work, we should see that we are blessed, and that should overflow into us praising the Lord. We are blessed especially because the Lord himself comes to us. Spiritually, we were a million billion miles away from God. God is holy, and God is powerful, and God is amazing, and God is so far beyond us. We cannot bear to be in God's holy presence. God is so amazing that even when he sends one of his angels, one of his messengers, like he sends Gabriel here in Luke 1, every time an angel of the Lord appears, he has to start by saying, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And if God himself comes to us, we will be knocked flat and wiped out. And yet here in the gospel of Luke, we are told that the Lord himself will take on human nature and will become like one of us, able to draw near to us and able to draw us near to Him. And so as we look at the Lord, we glorify Him because that is, that is just the right thing to do. Let me give you a, a picture of this from C.S. Lewis. I, I want to invite you, as Lewis did, to, to pretend that we're all in a dark tool shed, a dark, dark tool shed, but there is, there is a single hole and through that hole, a sunbeam comes, and it, it lights up the interior of the shed. And as you look at it, you see, as you do with a single ray of light, how it picks up all the dust floating in the air and, and everything floating in the air and highlights what's around it. And, and even a single sunbeam in a dark tool shed is, is a wonder. But then we shift our perspective, and we look, instead of looking at the sunbeam, we look along the sunbeam. And and as we look out that hole in the shed, we see leaves waving in the breeze, and it's a, a wonderful spring day, and past that, there's a tremendous blue sky, and, and then millions and millions of miles away, as we look up the sunbeam, we see the sun, the sun that gives us light and warmth, and that makes it so this is a livable planet. The mind runs up the sunbeam to the sun. And Lewis calls us there to, to reflect on what this can look like spiritually. 
to think about how when we see a ray of God's grace in this world, we are to express gratitude. We are to declare that we are blessed and to celebrate that. But we don't stop with gratitude or with blessing. We, we turn and we look up the blessings that God gives us to the source of that blessing to, and in English we are blessed that sun and sun, the golden orb in the sky and, and the Son of God, our Savior, are pronounced the same. And we look up God's blessings to glorify the Son who is the glory of the Father and who is our path to glory. And so we are invited in the darkness of this world, in the darkness of our lives, to to see the sunbeams of God's blessing on us and to express our gratitude for that, but not to stop there, but also to turn and to adore and to glorify the Lord. And that is our eternal destiny. That is where the Lord is bringing all of His people to truly see Him, to to draw nearer and nearer to Him, and, and in the end, to be able to look on His face and to declare how great He is. I want to invite you this week, along with reflecting on how you are blessed by the Lord, to turn and glorify Him. Look at the the blessings that are common to all humanity, the coffee with friends, the gathering with family, the the ways that God, God graciously works in all of our lives. But then take that blessing deeper and see how the Lord has worked to transform your life, how He has worked to save you and those around you, and and then take the step of glorifying Him. And for each of us, that can look different ways. Perhaps for you, it means like Mary does here, bursting into song. Maybe it means writing a journal entry or writing a note to a friend and just expressing how great God is. Maybe it means drawing something. Maybe it just means going for a walk and praising the Lord. Maybe maybe it means sitting at your desk or sitting in the cab of your truck or, or taking just a moment on the work site to reflect to give thanks and to say, Lord, you are amazing. The goal here is, is first of all to say, Lord, this is amazing. Lord, this is amazing that you have done in our lives. But, but then to turn from that to, Lord, you, you are amazing. Lord, your gifts to us are amazing. But even more than that, Lord, who you are is amazing. And that is the journey that Luke takes us on. And, and then for most of her song, Mary goes on from, from looking up to the Lord and seeing how gracious and amazing He is and glorifying Him to, to praising Him for His work and remarking on what He does for us. You see, there is this continued cycle. The Lord does tremendous things for us, and we glorify Him, and then we can see even better what tremendous things He is doing for us. And so for our, our last point this morning, we're going to reflect on on what most of Mary's song shows us, and what she shows us is, is that the Lord, the Lord has brought down the mighty and lifted up the humble. We notice, first of all, how blessed Mary is. And then we notice that Mary glorifies the Lord, and we are invited to step into both of those movements. But then Mary goes on and gives us this third, and, this third moment that really speaks into history and speaks into how God works in our lives, brought down and lifted up. God does so much. He is merciful from generation to generation. He does mighty deeds. He casts down the proud in their inmost thoughts. He brings down the rulers. He sends the rich away. He does all of that. And He also lifts up the humble. And he fills the hungry with good things. 
and he helps his servants, and he is merciful to his people. All the way back to Abraham and and following Abraham, all of those who have faith in the Lord, the Lord is merciful and compassionate to them. Now, Mary's song there is, is deep and it's wide, and you could, you could focus on any number of things there, but I think the major theme is that the Lord, well, He brings down and He lifts up. See what God does, says Mary. He brings down and He lifts up. Now, there are a couple opposed and opposite tendencies in hearing this, and some people want to make this all political. There's a certain stream within the church and a a certain stream of theology that says, look at what God does to to defeat the oppressors. Look at what God does to change the politics of the world. Look at what God does to, to bring down the evil powers and raise up the poor. And that's true, but it's wrong. And it's wrong because it's incomplete. These are not just political statements. This is not just saying anybody who's in power is evil and anybody who's out of power is good, and so we as Christians need to be on the side of those who are against the powers. That is not what this text is saying. But there's another way to take this text. And there's another way that people take this text to kind of go pie in the sky by and by. All of this is spiritual blessings. It has nothing to do with this life. It says nothing about politics. It says nothing about powers. It's all about our spiritual lives and about how someday, someday the Lord will lift up the humble and bring them to be with Him in some future life. But, But for today, not much here. And again, this is true, but it's wrong because it's incomplete. It's wrong because it has us focus on only part of God's work. And the reality here is that as Mary, in an inspired way, sings these verses and brings them to us through through the gospel of Luke, the reality is that the Lord God made, made the world and made everything and cares about everything. And the reality is that the Lord God is at work redeeming the world, redeeming His people, making things right. And so the Lord cares about humanity at every level. And so when we read texts like this, we should hear that they are talking about our economic lives and our emotional lives. They are talking about the material realities and and the mental and the moral realities. They are talking about the social and the spiritual. This is the whole package. And if if we limit God's work to either of those fears, we are missing out on what God has in terms of good news for all of us and for all things. The good news of the Lord is that He does bring down the mighty, and He does lift up the humble. And let's, let's work that out more in terms of our, our world and then in terms of our own lives. God does bring down the oppressors, and God is dead set against all who do misuse their power in this world. Powers and principalities, whether they are devils or dictators, the Lord does bring them down. Now, the Lord works in His own time, and often there is more evil than we like, and and the evil empires have their day more than we think they should, but, but how many evil empires do you know that have lasted forever? Well, approximately and precisely zero. Every dictator the world has ever seen has died or will die. And the power of the devil, great as it is, is like nothing compared to the power of the Lord. The Lord brings down all the oppressors. 
and we can trust that He will make things right. And the Lord lifts up the humble. He lifts up the poor. And it is not that God's favorite people are the poor people, but it is that God cares about justice and righteousness. He cares about human beings who are made in His image. And if you look at, if you look at the work of God's people, if you look at the work of the church, you, you see a mixed bag, but overall you see a trajectory toward transformation. If you look at the state of the world 2,000 years ago when Luke was written, and you look at the state of the world now with, with 2,000 years of the Christian faith spreading around the world, the world is so much a better place now for even the poor and the oppressed. There is a, a long, thick book that came out the last couple of years by Tom Holland called Dominion, and, and Holland is not a Christian, but, but he basically writes, I think it's 700 pages, saying Christianity has made the world a better place. Look at all the ways that Christianity cares for the unborn, for the fatherless, for the widow, for the poor, for the vulnerable, for the oppressed. Look at what, look at what God has done through His people. And God has transformed the world in so many ways. And so as we look around the world, even with all the brokenness that we lament, we can praise the Lord for bringing down the mighty and raising up the humble. But this is also a, a personal and a spiritual reality. And I want to I push you on something now that, that even we as Christians, we sometimes come to the Lord as if we are high and mighty. We come to the Lord as if we are in good shape and, and if things are, things are right with us. One of the great temptations inside God's people is to be hypocritical and pharisaical is to say that we followed the rules and we've gotten it right, and aren't we better than those people over there? Well, if that's where we are spiritually, then the kindest thing that God can do for us and the kind thing that He does do for us is bring us down. When God's people are arrogant, the Lord breaks them down. And that is the kindest and the best thing He can do for us because as long as we are looking at ourselves, we are not looking to Him, and so we are hopeless. And the Lord doesn't just bring us down, but he also, he also lifts us up. To those of us who come to the Lord broken, weary, worn out, without hope, in trouble, the Lord lifts us up. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, and he gives his grace generation after generation to those who need it. I want to give you a picture of how we should approach the Lord, and this may get me in trouble with a certain segment of the congregation. I'll apologize in advance if you're a cat owner. This is not original to me, so I'll tell you who you can blame if you want to know. But there are dogs and there are cats, right? And cats, cats, you can imagine a cat looking at its owner and thinking, you feed me, you care for me, you pamper me, you protect me, I must be God. And that is often how cats function, right? Now, a dog, a dog will look at its owner and say, you feed me, you comfort me, you care for me, you pamper me, you protect me, you must be God. And actually, I think God has given us as his image bearers a, a sort of God-like status above the creatures of the world that we are called to care for them and to stand above them. But when we come to God, we often are like cats. It is the original sin, the oldest sin in the book to desire to be like God and even to desire 
to be God. That is what the mighty do, and that is what we are perpetually tempted to. But what we are called to do is to come as, as humble servants of the Lord and not to come tooting our own horn or trumpeting how great we are or expecting God to serve us, but in, instead coming with gratitude at how much the Lord has blessed us and how wonderful He is. To say, this, this Lord is amazing and thank you. And not to stop there, but to go on to the next step and say, and Lord, you are amazing. Thank you. So I want to ask you today to take a brave step of, of humility and self-awareness. And to really poke and prod at yourself and ask if you are coming to the Lord with expectations and entitlements. Are you coming to the Lord and expecting Him to bless you? Are you coming to the Lord expecting to have life exactly how you want it, brought to you on a silver platter according to your requirements and expectations? Are you coming to the Lord and, and expecting to be high and mighty in comparison to Him? And I suspect none of us here today would honestly say and intentionally come to the Lord like that. But our culture tells us that we are the center of the universe. Our culture leads us to demand that things be done our way. And so too often when we come to the Lord, we act as if we are the one who is God in this circumstance, and we never are. So I want to invite you to take the brave and the difficult step and to, and to actually push yourself and ask, are you coming to God expecting Him to serve you? But I also want to invite you, and this may be for the same person or maybe for different people here this morning, I want to invite you to come to the Lord even in your trouble and even in your humility and to, to come with honesty and to say, say to the Lord, I am broken and I am hurting and I am hopeless and I do not know what to do but I need you. Or if you are in a better spot to come to the Lord and to say, Lord, look at my life, and I, I deserve none of this, I earn none of this, but, but you have given it to me. And you are the amazing Lord of the universe, and you are my heavenly Father, and thank you. I want to invite you to, to reflect on how you are relating to the Lord and, and how you can truly receive blessings from Him as blessings from Him and how you can turn those blessings to glorify the Lord. The Lord Himself, ruler of the universe, did not come to us all high and mighty. He could have, and none of us would have measured up. But instead, Jesus came to us humble and mighty. He was born into a poor family. He was born into, into a manger. He was born to die on a cross, he humbled himself to the very lowest. And then out of his might, he raised himself up, and he raised himself up to, to again take the throne of the universe. And now he comes to us both mighty and humble. He pours out his blessings on us, he brings us down when that's what we need, and he lifts us up when that's what we need. The Lord brings us down and lifts us up, and all of this is a blessing. Like 2,000 years ago, the Lord comes today to bless us. The Lord's mercy extends to us from generation to generation. We are truly hashtag blessed. Let us truly glorify the Lord. And now let's pray. Father, we come to you.
And we come to you not in our own might, not in our own power, not in our own goodness or our own gracious and nothing of ourselves, but we come to you because you have blessed us. Lord, we pray that you continue to bless us. We ask this morning that you draw each and every one of us who is, who is listening at this moment to come closer to you. Open our eyes to see how blessed we are and open our mouths to glorify you. Lord, by ourselves, we, we too much lift ourselves up. We pray that you lift us up and you lift us up so that we can lift your name in praise. We pray all this in your name. Amen.